0: Available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. On the field. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online.
1: And here he goes,
0: Miles. Jack. And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown! SC. We are the podcast of champions. Welcome, everybody, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site of the Scout.com network. And I am
1: Ryan Abraham from USCfootball.com, the USC site on the Scout.com network. And we are the Podcast of Champions talking about Pac-12 football rolling right right along here, Dave. Lots of stuff going on in the Pac-12. We're going to recap week, week 10, preview week 11. If you want to get a hold of us, tweet us at Pac-12 Podcast. We did some tweets over the week and during the games. It's kind of fun. Uh, our website is pac 12 podcastcom Email pac 12 podcast at gmail.com and our voicemail number 641-715-3900 extension seven three We're on iTunes. We're on audio
0: boom. All those we're different every- places. We're everywhere the internet reaches.
1: Yes. Which is like all of like almost every state. I think it goes to now. Yeah.
0: I think it's like parts of Chile. Don't get it. <laughs> uh, probably some parts of Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, but pretty much everywhere else you can get your podcasting champions.
1: Yeah, which is good. And which is why we say, which is a joke, uh, it's more, in more homes in the Pac-12, uh, network. Um,
0: which is a joke that's, you know.
1: But it's true because we're on the internet. We're not, you know, we're not. Right. They actually like are broadcasting. TV, and, but
0: you actually have to pay for that. And, and we don't, you don't, it doesn't require any money to listen to this. Right. And I guess there's, there's some, you know technology involved so that implicitly costs some money but otherwise we're free totally free we don't even have an implied cost of uh, advertising there's nothing no we are totally free to you and that's what we like to be
1: we do we're free we we went away for a while so maybe that's part of the reason we're free (laughs) we were just talking about it that we were not going to go away this off season that it was a little aggressive trying to do two a week we'll continue doing one a week and maybe we'll take more calls and voicemails and stuff uh during the off season and have some guests and stuff so if you have some ideas let us know
0: yeah. Yeah. We can get back to having actual other people on this podcast, which might be interesting. Who knows?
1: Yeah. It's just so we these ones are so packed right now because we have to, you know, recap the previous week, preview the next week, and then we answer a few questions. It's just, there's no way to have guests on and stuff like that, but we could have some of the scout publishers on, you know, whatever your favorite team kind of do some recaps of what the season was like or looking at ahead to recruiting, all kinds of fun stuff.
0: Yeah. Tons of fun. Tons of fun. Should we um, recap games?
1: Yeah, one thing, the, the players of the week, uh, I've been liking to, to do these, uh, two Washington players. So John Ross, who had like over 200 yards, uh. He was freaky, yeah. He was, yeah. You know, so he was the offensive player, uh, Sydney Jones, the fourth, uh, from Washington was the defensive player. And Isaiah Oliver from Colorado was the special teams player. So what that was a, is that a punt return for a touchdown? I think.
0: Yeah, uh, that's pretty much sealed that game.
1: Yeah. Um so those are your players of the week. We've been like to mention those um every week. It was uh it was kind of a week of blowouts, Dave, so I guess we should probably go through it. I guess we can go through it a little quickly, but uh
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think we need to 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 belabor the point too much with any of these games. Um the closest margin of victory was what, ten? Let's see, we had yeah, the
1: the Colorado UCLA one, that was ten. We had oh no, uh nine for Stanford, Oregon. Oh no, that was eleven. Never mind.
0: Yeah, you can't do math. Yeah. Were you an engineer? <laughs> I was
1: yeah, I was. That was a long time ago. My brain's atrophied. yeah, uh, yeah there was an eleven point one, a sixty two point one. Yeah, there was, you know, nothing within a touchdown uh this week.
0: No. It was so, not good. Uh but
1: right, our picks, right oh in? you know what? Well, before we jump in, I wanted to go over like our picks uh mm-hmm. real quick. We we had the exact same picks mm-hmm. and we went four and one. It's mm-hmm. pretty good.
0: Uh, yeah, we were great.
1: Yeah, so it was a good read. And then you were talking about, well, that's not that good. Uh, so I did a little research on sports betting. So we are, our records are tied. We're 32 wins, 24 losses, and three ties. So the ties you can just count. And, and now
0: we are very clearly making people money. Last week we were probably at a little bit over break even point.
1: Yeah, so, so basically if, say if we, we had 59 total bets. Uh, say if you bet, in Vegas, there's a vig of 10%. So you have to bet 110 to win 100. So say we just bet 100, 110 bucks on every, on every bet. That would have been 6,490 bucks. The three right. ties, we got our money back. So that's 330 back. Uh, but the 32 wins, we would have got, uh, $6,720 back. So overall, we would have got back from Vegas 7,050 bucks and we paid 6,490. So we would have won. If you bet all of our picks, 110 bucks a piece, you would have won 560 bucks for the year. But our our winning percentage is 57.2 or 57.18, and to break even, all you need is 52.4%. So there's if you're a if you're a you know a game picker and you get better than 52.4%, they say you're good. You're making money. So we're well above that. Like 55% is like crazy. Um, yeah. So we're doing really good, actually, Dave. So this is this is pretty good.
0: Yeah, so basically, what we're saying is this is now a betting advice column uh, <laughs> podcast, and uh, you should follow it. You and should, by you know, that, I mean I have no uh legal obligation that my picks are any good. No, so. but
1: our picks have actually been good. Now, there's a couple in there where we didn't have a line, and uh, we just picked the winner or whatever. So, like you know, we we should probably just throw those out. But still, you know, as long as you're above fifty-two point four percent, you're making money. And if you're making money, you're doing good. We're we're significantly above that, so not too bad. Woo! four and one yay yeah. uh so I guess our first game will go to Thursday night this was the closest one uh UCLA and Colorado
0: yeah so Colorado won this one 20 to ten um it feels like it was ages ago uh, mostly because like in game it felt like the previous play was ages ago this was a terrible football game um the first half was probably one of the just worst halves of football this year for anybody and that's really saying something considering ucla's season where it seems like every single game has been some form of unwatchable um the first half was really bad and then the second half was maybe slightly better but not so much better that it made the whole thing at all worth watching tons of personal fouls by both teams but mostly colorado uh ucla couldn't get Anything going offensively. They tried to run the ball and frankly they should never try again. Uh, 30 (laughs) carries for 25 yards. Um, Colorado wasn't a whole lot better. They only had 304 total yards. UCLA's defense, if you were looking for something enjoyable to watch in this game, UCLA's defense played out of its mind. Um, but was just dealt too many, too many bad situations. Um, but they, they turned Colorado over a bunch, forced them into probably their worst passing game of the season Um, forced them into a really inefficient running day 52 carries for 144 yards so only 2.8 yards per carry Um, and ultimately Colorado put them away on a special teams play Um, the punt return for a touchdown Jim Moore has been fiddling with his special teams for the last few weeks Um, had benched his two true freshmen his true freshman kicker and his two freshman punter and it really didn't work out well in this game because it's clear, you know, JJ Bolson, the crew freshman kicker has lost quite a bit, com- quite a bit of confidence. Um, missed a kick, had another kick blocked because it was a little bit low and made one. Um, but special teams were a big issue for UCLA in this one. But if your hierarchy of issues for UCLA, running game is number one. Um, uh, even the passing game is probably number two. And then special teams would be number three. But yeah, UCLA was bad in this game. Colorado wasn't great but they uh, managed to climb on top of the poop pile.
1: <laughs> it was a it really was kind of an unwatchable game. I was watching it with my wife at home cuz it was a Thursday night one and you know, UCLA is the worst rushing offense in the country, but they really switched it up, you know, after throwing 70 passes the week before. Uh they had 10 rushes in the first quarter. Um they had 10 rushes in the whole previous game, but like you said it just it just wasn't that effective. And there were so many bad snaps, Dave. Like, it just made it hard to get the, you know, it just seemed to throw the running game and you know, the passing game too just out of sync with some of the bad snaps that were out there. Um, but the defense, I thought, played well. Cephalou He went 100. It was funny that he totally got jinxed. They're like, oh, he has 151 straight passes without interception. Of course, like right after that, <laughs> he throws a pick. But he was getting drilled by the the front seven from UCLA. Uh, all yeah. night. So, um, but you, you started watching that game. Like the first two snaps for UCLA were high, and the second one went over the guy's head, you know, went over his head. It was a disaster. So UCLA's like in a third and 30, like right to start out the game. And it didn't really get a whole lot better
0: after no. that. No. And honestly, if, if the game had just gone like that with just like bad snap after bad I mean, it kind of was, but if it was just like hilariously bad, that would have <laughs> been better at least because it would have been kind of fun to watch you know oh how much of a disaster can this be but it it got it got significantly more boring and less interesting after that
1: the uh the flags were i mean this was and i feel like we've jinxed it because we said oh there haven't been that many flags i think we said that a few weeks ago And the last couple of weeks man there's just been so many penalties um yeah
0: there's like 25 tw- in this game
1: someone tweeted me like is it the altitude like what <laughs> what's going on <laughs>
0: I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, the the rest just want to see how far those flags can fly the <laughs> altitude. Um, yeah, no, I mean, but the thing was, so many of these penalties were personal fouls that were obvious. I mean, it was just the, these two teams were getting super chippy and stupid about halfway through this game, and it got, I mean, and they just wouldn't stop. So, uh, and then there was some flopping, like you saw. Yeah, UCLA's linebacker Kenny Young. There was one personal foul he drew. Where he just kind of tipped himself over backwards after like barely getting brushed after a pile, and uh, Colorado got another personal foul for it. So UCLA was uh, taking advantage of the situation a little bit, but yeah, this was it was an ugly game. Five turnovers, twenty five penalties, and not a whole lot of scoring. Not a whole lot of good offense. It was, yeah this this set football back.
1: And the <laughs> yeah it did, and the special teams too. Um, I mean, Colorado, you like you mentioned that was their first punt return in eleven years. For a touchdown, so I mean that was a huge play in the game. UCLA missed three field goals, uh, and they changed kickers, like you said. And then at the end of the game, like they had a shot, and off the, they went offsides during the Colorado punt, and it gave them first down and ended the game. Was so it was
0: perfect. just that was so perfect. It was the perfect <laughs> of that game Dan. So
1: good. I was like, but we both got this right. It was uh, UCLA was plus twelve, um, so we uh, we squeaked it out, but we did get this one right as far as our picks go. We both picked UCLA.
0: Well that's great. Good yeah. for us. Yeah, nice. All right, so what's up next? Uh
1: so next up was the other somewhat close game, uh Oregon State and Stanford.
0: Yeah, so Stanford won this one twenty six fifteen, but it was a real game. Um it, this was kind of a uh thing where Stanford, you know, kind of hung on a little bit. Um Oregon State looks pretty scrappy. Um they've uh their defense is, you know, clearly decent enough i mean holding stanford to 26 this year is not a great feat but um they were pretty scrappy in this one um offensively i mean they had it within a score uh well, i mean us a, a score and a two-point conversion um late in the third when it was 23 uh 15 stanford and then stanford defense kind of just stepped up and held uh oregon state down the rest of the game but um you know, I, I was kind of expecting Oregon State to fall apart a little bit when Daryl Garretson went down and when, you know, Ryan Nall's been banged up too. But they, I mean, this was a competitive game on the road, um, for the Beavers. We had this one right, I think, what was it, Stanford favored by 13, 14, something like
1: that? 14 and a half, yeah. we both picked Oregon State.
0: And, and Oregon State, I mean, they held it close enough. Um, I think for Stanford, the biggest issue, I mean, obviously their rushing game got going in this one, 58 carries for 365 yards, but, uh, quarterback. I, they they've got to answer some questions <laughs> heading into next year because Keller Christ is not the answer. Um, you know, 10, 17 attempts for 60 yards a week after. I think it was very similar numbers. Let me look up. It was so he went 17 for 60 in this one, and he went 30 attempts for 104 in the previous one. So it's not like he's. I mean he he he's basically averaging 3.5 yards per attempt. That's so bad. Uh, That's just so, so bad. I mean, you'd rather he doubled that and threw twice the picks um, because he's just not getting anything going in the passing game. Um, He ran the ball pretty well, so there's that. But um, this Stanford offense is going to need to be a whole lot more two-dimensional next year if they want to be back to being a competitor um, because they can't just rely on their rushing game. And Oregon State's run defense is very bad, which is the only reason Stanford put up any kind of credible rush attack either. So... Um, I actually watched a really significant amount of this game. Um, Marcus McMarion wasn't great for Oregon State. And if you're pointing to a reason why, you know, he gave Stanford some short fields at times, um, he was, he was probably a a part of why this game wasn't even closer. But, um, I think for Oregon State fans, you've got to be happy with just, you know, this is clearly a better Oregon State team than a year ago, um, despite losing their starting quarterback, which is great to see.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I, they're definitely good enough to, keep games close and if they're at home you know win them um we thought they'd keep them close and, and they did and I you know, I want to apologize now to all of the Oregon State Beaver fans out there because uh I switched over to this and as soon as I did uh they started started to have a real trouble a real problem tackling Christian McCaffrey and Marcus McMarion just started throwing picks so I was like man they were doing really good and still I started watching so Sorry, Beeves, if that was me that, uh, kind of jinxed you. But, you know, we're able to keep it close. Late in the game, Stanford, I think, rattled off 26 straight running plays. They just said, well, all we're going to do is run the football. Uh, Chris is not that kind of a quarterback, like Dave said. Uh, horrible, uh, yards per attempt there. So they just kept running the football. Um, and they got all the way down. I think they got denied at fourth and goal from the one, uh, which kind of helped our cause as far as, uh, you know, picking the game goes. But um, they just were taking the air out of the ball, Dave. And, uh, you know, overall though, I think they had, Stanford had like three really big runs. And if you took those out, I don't think the yards per rush average would be all that good either, but they stuck with it the whole time. They hit some big ones every once in a while and they just were able to just kind of wear down Oregon State. But they you know, without some of the mistakes, they, I mean, Oregon State could have, you know, won this game, but just, I think it was too many mistakes against a team that, was just going to be methodical in Stanford, and they were able to get out the win
0: yeah exactly I mean I think they just they couldn't they couldn't turn the ball over um, the way McMarion did a couple of times, and yeah i th- I think that really is what it boils down to and you're right this was more of a rushing attack of a Christian than anything I mean when you run sixty times um you're going to end up with a pretty good yardage total but six point three yards per attempt that's good it's not it's not bad by any means, but it's not like you've uh completely killed the team so um stanford's does a lot of stuff to figure out i don't think anybody is cheering over an 11 point win over oregon state at home uh but they're six and three now they're bowl eligible they'll probably finish you know in the realm of eight and four nine and three and that's that's pretty good for a, for a rebuilding year that's pretty good but they they have some clear things to work on heading into the offseason
1: yeah when you think about it you're like you're looking at like man stanford's just struggling like well, they're six and three and they're going to Like you said, they'll probably win eight or nine games before the bowl game. Like, that's for a down year. That's pretty, that's pretty good, you know? I know of at least one team that would take it. (laughs) There's a whole bunch, I think, of the Pac 12 right now that would. Um, all right. So we'll talk more about them in the preview. Next game up. Uh, so that was over on FS1 and then on Pac 12 networks, which I was, I'm going to be, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch a whole lot of this game, Dave. Uh, Arizona and Washington State.
0: I would turn into, tune into this one just to see, you know, the score change, but it was, this was so ugly, so early. You know, there were a lot of people tweeting about this, like, did, did Mike Leach do something to Rich, I mean, did Rich Rodriguez do something to Mike Leach? Like, did that, (laughs) did that happen at some point? Is, is there some bad blood here? Because, I mean, Washington State just didn't stop. Didn't stop running up the score, um, absurd passing numbers. Between Luke Falk and his backup Tyler Holinsky, they threw five incompletions out of 52 total passes.
1: So that, that's not a lot, right? Like that, that's, that's good. That's
0: not, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's, um, what is that? Like 94% passing, something like that. And I, 90, I think I, they threw
1: like six touchdown oh wait, passes, no, I'm right? being
0: stupid. It's like 90% passing, but still that's, that's crazy.
1: But more, more touchdown passes than incompletions, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They threw <laughs> six touchdowns and had five incompletions. Uh, and it wasn't like the dink and dunk Washington State throwing attack. Like, they averaged 9.1 yards per attempt. That's that's a lot. Yeah. So 474 yards on 52 attempts is, is really good for this style of offense. Um, obviously, Arizona's defense is garbage, and their offense is not much better. But um, this was still really, really impressive for Washington State, who very clearly now looks like, a, as we said last year at this time, Very clearly like a different team than the one that lost to Eastern Washington at the beginning of the year. Um, Yeah, I I don't know if there's much else to take from this. I mean, a new Solomon played in this one and actually looked okay. Um, 9 of 13 for 122 yards and a touchdown. I I guess you can take that from this. Um, Khalil Tate and Brandon Dawkins did not look good. Um, And Arizona's defense is straight trash. I don't think Arizona wins another game this year. Uh, They've been the sneaky worst team in the Pac-12. Uh, two years removed from winning the South, which is pretty impressive. And this is the team that took Washington to overtime, which is
1: still doesn't make any sense. The more they keep losing, but, um, I, I was watching the, you know, I was at the press box for the USC game and, uh, USC Oregon and Oregon State Stanford. I had on my iPad, so it would have been like difficult to kind of watch this one. And then you see like the halftime score. I'm like, okay, I'm not bothering. I'll go, I'll <laughs> look at some highlights. Which, there were plenty of highlights, uh, from this one. Like you said, the, the passing numbers were ridiculous, but, um, our buddy Kyle, uh, Bonagora tweeted out that Luke Falk, so he finished the day 32 of 35, 91.4%. He said it was the highest completion percentage for quarterback with 35 plus attempts since at least 2004. Um, so, obviously that's good. <laughs> Uh, ten trips to the red zone for Washington State. They scored eight touchdowns and had two field goals, so that's pretty good. Arizona only got to the red zone once, went over one. Um, and then we didn't talk about the other uh Washington game, but since 2004, there was there's been eight Pac-12 games, and, you know, conference play games where a team scored at least 66 points. And
0: this weekend, there were two. There were two
1: <laughs> over the weekend, so, so
0: crazy, just When's, nuts. Crazy. 14 Washington State receivers caught balls. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they threw the ball to 14 different guys. Yeah. That's,
1: uh, it's, that, that's not, I mean, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Arizona State, I mean, Arizona, Arizona and, uh, Washington State fans. I did not get to watch much of this, but just watching the highlights, it pretty much could catch most of the game. All those touchdown passes is kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, this, I mean, Washington State scored a nice score. Very nice. Um, that's, that's all we got. And we got this oh, one right
1: too. Uh, Washington State was favored by 16 and a half and Dave and I were all over this one and, uh, taking Washington State and we covered with plenty.
0: <laughs> plenty of room to spare. Yeah. We covered a few times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> can, we save some of those points for this week? Uh, just in case we want to keep yes. that record going. Uh, all right. So next up. Was Oregon and USC? This is the one I was at.
0: Yeah, and this is the one we picked incorrectly, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, Oregon, kind of. Um, I don't even want to talk about Oregon necessarily here, because I think what what's happening, and I, I want to speak to this. We have both, I think, not necessarily believed what we've been seeing with USC over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think that'd be fair to say. Yeah, I've, I've, yes. <laughs> we think been doubted, um, because I think we both maybe still think the jury's out in terms of the coaching staff, in terms of some of the, you know, stability issues of the program. But over the last month of the season at this point, I mean, obviously the schedule has softened a little bit since the opening part of the season, but USC is very clearly a different team. Um, it's very clear that Sam Darnold has given that offense a great deal of stability. Um, and USC is starting to look like the team that its talent says it should be. Um, so Oregon wasn't great in this game. I mean, they didn't run the ball well. They didn't pass the ball well. They didn't do anything offensively that well. But some of that was USC's defense just being really, really good in this one. Um, they covered well. They, they you know went up against the run really, really well. They defended the run really well. Um, and they harried what had been a pretty good freshman, Justin Herbert, into a pretty bad night. Um, 33 attempts for 162 yards. Wasn't it getting anything downfield, um, was, you know, forced into, you know, going on the run when he didn't want to be. Um, they they harassed him really, really well and USC just put up points. Um, it wasn't even a particularly efficient day uh for Sam Darnold. Um he was good, but he had, wasn't quite as good as he's been. Um but he still forty attempts, three hundred and nine yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, he was good enough. The rushing attack was really good, even without Justin Davis. Um, I think we both have to accept the idea that maybe USC is, uh, turning into a pretty darn good team.
1: Yeah, we, uh, I mean, the last couple of weeks with the big point spreads, uh, I don't know if you switched, but I, I definitely was not on, I was, you know, not, I was not going to give up that many points. And USC made a lot of mistakes in this game. 13 penalties, only the one turnover. Uh, you know, the weekend before against Cal, they had three, Three turnovers, but, uh, and a lot of penalties. So they, they cut down the turnovers, you know, still made a bunch of mistakes and still won by 25. Like it was, you know, it wasn't like a super clean game. Um, it wasn't super efficient from Darnold, but he threw over 300 yards this game. You know, you had, uh, Ronald Jones going for four touchdowns on the ground. He had a good, you know, he had a good game and they were just, the defense did so well against Justin Herbert and blitzing him a lot, getting him off his spot. Just like kind of we talked about, that's what they'd have to do. They did that. They harassed him. And, uh, he struggled. So it's, uh, it's making me more of a believer. It's just, it's so hard because I saw those games at the beginning of the season so closely and you, you know, it's still there. Like you expect that to kind of pop out at some point, but it's not. They're playing, you know, it's not the most efficient game, but they're so talented that they're able to just beat people even when they're not playing perfect or anything close to perfect. So it's going to make this weekend really interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit, but yeah, it's, they're, uh, they're cruising right now. Five, a, they won five in a row. They've won eight straight at home. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, and Oregon, for that matter, is. I mean, they looked kind of like a team that was. Um, I don't want to say quitting. I don't want to say that about a team, but they looked like a team that's kind of, you know, maybe resigned a little bit to this season. Maybe not going the way they thought it was going to go. Um, they just looked a little bit. Once you know, once it was, I think what twenty-four to six to half. Is that what it was? Once it was that point, it just kind of felt like Oregon was a little bit done with that game. Um, that's kind of the vibe I got. Just, it, it, they were outclassed athletically. And then I think USC was just so much better than them that it was just uh, not their day at all.
1: I kind of thought the Ducks would come in, you know, you finally getting off the of snide, finally getting a win at home against Arizona State. You feel better about your freshman quarterback. Um, but I, but you did get the feeling, though, that they would have to start off on a pretty good yeah. note, you know? They had to
0: start off hot. Yeah. And, it didn't. and once they didn't, and I think,
1: like you said, it was just, it was going to be tough to recover.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right.
1: All right. So one last game. This was, uh, another not so close game. Uh, Washington and California.
0: Yeah. So Washington, um, it was kind of a close-ish game, like in the first quarter into the second a little bit. And then Washington just poured it on, um, and it got it got real ugly real quick. Um, there was one like just crazy jukey touchdown from John Ross that I think I think that was the play that opened the floodgates. I think that was the one where they went up thirty five like twenty, and then from that point on it was just I, I think the second yeah the second half was thirty one to seven, and the seven for Cal was in the fourth quarter when this game was already done. Um, yeah, Washington did exactly what it needed to do on the road. I mean, just blew out uh, what had been like. I don't think I would say it was a good Cal team, but they weren't they weren't the worst Cal team I've ever seen. Um, and Washington treated them how they've treated a lot of teams this year. Impressively on the road, though, um, Cal's not, you know, you might think it's a somewhat easy place to play. It's not. Um, it can be kind of a, 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 a weird little place to play. And Washington went in there and won by nearly 40 points. Um, Jake Browning was once again super efficient. Uh, super mistake free. Uh, Twenty-eight attempts, three hundred seventy-eight yards, six touchdowns, no touch, no interceptions. Um, running the ball, they were good. Forty-four carries for two hundred and eighty-seven yards and two touchdowns. Um, they yeah, what was that? Over seven hundred yards of offense, and then they shut down Cal's pretty good offense itself. Davis Webb had a really bad night, threw three picks. Um, Cal's rushing attack wasn't able to generate a whole lot. This was pretty much a. a all-encompassing defeat, and if it hadn't been for a solid first quarter for Cal, where it looked like Washington was still just kind of waking up a little bit, uh, this could have been like a 50-point win. But again, this sticks with the theory that um, Chris Peterson is not willing to beat another team by more than he beat Oregon this year.
1: <laughs> and uh, if I had to apologize to Beaver fans, I'm also going to have to apologize to Golden Bear fans too. Um, I was working in the press box, and uh First time I went over to take a look at this game and actually put it up on TVs above, uh, above us. Um, it was twenty one twenty Washington. And I was looked yeah. down, I was like, son of a man, we, we picked Washington, given 16 and a half points. Like, I'm going to be mad if we lose this one. Cause we, you know, we just lost, we were three and zero, and then we went into the USC game and lost. And this one was the late one. And, uh, Washington scored 38 unanswered points. So, <laughs> so as soon as I started to take a look at, it, I'm like, Oh, they scored another touchdown. Oh, they scored another touchdown. Uh, but yeah, they ended up picking off Davis Webb three times in the third quarter, uh, crazy, and 704 total yards for Washington, 362 for Cal. So it was a systematic beatdown. It wasn't, you know, all four quarters that way, but once they got things rolling, Dave, it was just, it was just a machine. This is, this is a really good Washington team. Maybe they're a little mad that they were number five in the, uh, college football playoff rankings. No, yeah, they're number four now. Um, but maybe that made him a little mad, Dave, and they had to put some style points up.
0: Yeah, and how about the, uh, the, the, the season that John Ross is having? 44 catches for 742 yards, 14 touchdowns. That's, that's a lot of touchdowns. That is, that is crazy. <laughs> I mean, he looks so open field explosive in this one that you have to think that this opens some eyes for him in terms of, you know, draft evaluations and that sort of thing because, just look electric in the open field, um, yeah the Washington's a really impressive team, um, they've developed talent so so well, um, and like we said, we've got a fun game to preview this week
1: for sure, um, so that was yeah that, we got that one right too that was sixteen and a half points spread and washington uh, uh more than cover <laughs> more than covered there, <laughs> even though it was a little hairy uh, there in the second quarter for sure so should we do our?
0: Pack twelve roundup.
1: I think we should. Alright, so what we're gonna do. It would be a great idea, yeah. Um so we kind of go through we're gonna go reverse order. We want to reveal our podcast of champions power rankings, because obviously that's the best stuff out there.
0: I just realized I know which game is first. (laughs) You do? (laughs) Yeah, I do.
1: We do. Okay, so uh this is kind of like teams that we have ranked towards the bottom facing off against each other. We have number 10, UCLA Bruins. Uh, And then we have a number 11 team, Oregon State Beavers.
0: Oh, man. Um, This game's on at 6 p.m. on Saturday on the Pac-12 network. UCLA is favored by 12 in a football game, which um, is impressive. Uh, they, They... don't look like a team that should be favored by twelve over anyone. Um, the Bruins are three and six. They're hosting Oregon State, two and seven. Um, I just wrote the preview for this game, and I'm leaning toward. Um, I'll just get this out there. I'm leaning toward it being a very low-scoring game that UCLA wins by like seven to ten. Um, I've predicted seventeen to seven, but I'm willing to hear arguments for. Any other fairly low score that has UCLA up by a score or you know ten points? Um, I think Oregon State defensively um, matches up as well against UCLA as they do against any team. Oregon State's rush defense is bad; their pass defense is pretty good, but UCLA hasn't shown the ability to run on literally anyone this year. Um, so I'm not I'm not willing to accept sight unseen that UCLA can run the ball on even a very bad run defense. Um, so. Oregon State, I think, will be able to, you know, handle UCO's offense about evenly. Um, so on that side, I think that's a pretty even matchup. I think UCO's defense should be able to dominate Oregon State, though. Um, I think Oregon State's rushing rushing game is pretty good, but Ryan Nall is still a little dinged up. He might be out for this one. He was in a boot this week. Um, and Marcus McMarion's looked a little bit rougher of late. Uh, they just... I, I don't know that they have the weapons. You know, I think UCO's defense is a top three Pac-12 unit this year. And I think that might be a little bit too much for Oregon State's offense to handle. Um, the wild card is is UCO's offense going to be able to do anything. If they can, if they can score three times and get it up to 17 points, I think they win this game. But if they have the issues they had against Colorado, and that's not out of the question. Colorado's got a much better defense than Oregon State's, but UCLA's offense is not good. Um, if they have another, you know, game like that, then, and, you know, at this point, with UCLA being three and six, one and five in conference, you have to take into account the possibility that at some point, the defense is just going to say, uh, oh, screw this. I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to go out here and play lights out if the offense is just going to keep screwing up every game. So. Um, that's something to monitor whenever you see teams losing like this, uh, that necessarily that weren't necessarily expected to lose like this. So I've got UCLA winning, but I don't have them covering. Um, I think they could cover if everything goes well, but, um, I just think playing the odds, I don't, I, I I think it's more like a seven to 10 point game. Uh,
1: that was kind of my gut, but you know, we've had so many of the same picks. I'm going to pick the Bruins in this one, Dave, I'm going to say they cover at home. Oregon State on the road for a second week in a row. um, you know, didn't put up a lot of points against Stanford. I think this UCLA defense is better. So special teams, that's what worries me. There could be some really bad special teams plays. And if you miss a couple, you know, missing three field goals, that's nine points. You know, that's, that's a, that's a significant portion of what you'd need to do to cover a game. So that would be bad if something like that happened. Uh, but I, I just get the feeling, Dave, that, you know, maybe they, they go back to letting, uh, faithful run. I mean, throw for like 60 passes again and they throw it all over the field and. Have some success, but, um, yeah. I, gonna,
0: I think they're going to try to run the ball 30 times and get stuffed.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, could, <laughs> that could happen.
0: Just knowing, yeah. knowing the way these, these guys are thinking. I'm thinking that's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, my, my gut's saying Bruins going to cover at home. It's just, that's the feeling I'm getting. So I'm going to go with it. But my, initially my instinct was I would take Oregon State and, and the points here, but I'll go different from you, Dave. And I'll take, uh, I'll take the Bruins covering 12 in the Rose Bowl. Awesome. All right, uh, so we got that one. Let's see, the next one up. So we have actually, there's six games. There's no bye weeks this week, so um, pretty cool. So we have our number six team. Stanford Cardinal. And our number nine team. Oregon Ducks.
0: <laughs> this would have been so like the game of the
1: year you would have thought,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, this game is a 1PM-er on the Pac-12 network, uh, which is just, I mean, just take a moment. And think about that, Stanford, Oregon, 1 p.m., Pac-12 network. Uh, this one's in Eugene. Stanford is favored by three uh, on the road against Oregon. I have no feel for this one because Stanford's offense has been dreadful, but Oregon's defense has been dreadful, and it's hard to gauge. Um, I think Oregon's offense, honestly, Oregon's offense is probably the best unit on either team, um, even with some of the issues they had last week against USC. I still think their offense is better than Stanford's defense, which is probably the second best unit. Um, so, I don't know how I feel about this one at all. I mean, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be able to run all over Oregon, um, because again, Oregon's rush defense is terrible. Uh, but I also think, you know, Oregon's offense is pretty good. Um, I think I'll go Stanford. I think I'll have them cover, but I think it's more like, uh, you know, I think it'll be a fairly close game. I think Stanford wins by, you know, six points. I think they put up I think it'll probably be their highest scoring amount of the year. I think they'll probably put up thirty-five. Um just because Oregon's defense is so bad. Um so yeah, give me Stanford like thirty-five twenty-eight. On the road so on the road,
1: Stanford is favored, correct? It's it's Oregon. Yeah,
0: they're road favorite.
1: Yeah. And uh here's the issue I have is the Ducks are 1-7-1 and against the spread this year, like really have been bad. Yeah. Um And I just, gut feeling here again, is that Stanford's going to be able to take care of business uh on the road. I don't know if Oregon will be able to recover from what they did. Now, I, I feel they've scored some points, but that defense is so bad. Um And I think Stanford and Christian McCaffrey will be able to take advantage of it. You saw what Ronald Jones did against the Duck defense. I think McCaffrey can do that, plus more, of course. Um So yeah, I think, I kind of think it'll be a close one, maybe like a you know a seven point game or something that Stanford wins. But I, you know, only happen to give three, I'll lay three. Uh, I'll stay. I'll take Stanford as well.
0: Yeah, makes sense to me.
1: Um, but that that was supposed to be the game of the year, Dave.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be uh, nigh un- unwatchable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um All right, and that's on Pac Twelve Network too. Crazy. <laughs> all right. So next up, we have our number five
0: team, Utah Utes
1: against our number 17.
0: Arizona State Sun
1: Devils.
0: (laughs) And this game is on in literally two and a half hours, so we apologize. Uh, (laughs) This one's on at 6.30 p.m. tonight on Fox Sports 1. Number 15, Utah going on the road at Arizona State. Uh, Utah's favored by five. Uh, They're seven and two. Arizona State's five and four. As soon as people listen to this, this will already be dated because I can't imagine anyone is listening to it tonight, but whatever. Um, Utah... Uh so this is an interesting one cuz Arizona State's run defense is actually still pretty darn good. Um and Utah's strength is very much its running game. Um that said Arizona's pass defense is really bad enough so that even Troy Williams who's you know struggled at times this year might be able to get some things going through the air. Um I think if there's a, a game besides Arizona that Arizona State can win this year remaining on the schedule and obviously there are only three games so yeah um, it's this one, just because it's a pretty good matchup for their defense. I'm not going to pick Arizona State to win, but I think for Utah, um, this feels like a game that would be tough for them to cover the five, just because I think Arizona State's going to be able to do some things against their run game, because um, Utah's got a fairly, I mean, I won't say conventional, but they, they've got a rushing attack that Arizona State should match up well against. So, ugh. Oh. But then every time I pick Arizona State this year, I feel like I screw it up badly. (laughs) And they they just got blown out by Oregon, lost to Washington State at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with my initial gut and say I like Arizona State. Um, I'm going to take those points, but I I don't feel great about it.
1: (laughs) Hey, we're uh, we're many games above 500, so we're okay. You get a little. Yeah, I I can
0: play with House Money right
1: now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, maybe this makes you feel better, Dave. Arizona State's actually pretty good at home. They're four and one at home. Um, yeah. and I, to me, this is more of like a pick'em side of game. So I think I could probably go close either way. So with a five-point spread, I'm going to take Arizona State, uh, as well. And a lot of people will be watching this game. I mean, USC fans uh, would love to see Arizona State upset Utah to give them a shot. Um, at what's going on there, but I, just to me, gut, I think it's going to be close. Um. And uh, with five points, it's just too big of a spread for me. So I'm going to take uh, ASU as well. I know, I know you don't feel good about it, dude.
0: I don't feel great about it. I I think it's a, a reasonable possibility. More, I'm I'm kind of upset that people will be listening to this after this game is already probably done, and yeah. they will know off. You know, after the third preview, that we are we are either very stupid or very smart.
1: I do, yeah, I like listen to that sometimes. I will listen to another podcast and where they're picking games that already happened. You're like. Nope, you're wrong. Nope, you're wrong. Nope, nope, nope that nope, didn't nope. happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so sorry. Hopefully, we're right. Um, all right. So next up, we have our number four team,
0: Washington State Cougars,
1: <coughs> and our number eight team,
0: California Golden Bears. <sighs> this this game is going to be bonkers. Um, so this one's on at 7:30 on ESPN in Pullman, Cal going at Wazoo. It seems like this game is always like some weird, crazy one score game. And that might not even be true. It just feels that way. But Washington state is favored by 15 points. Um, which I guess speaks to the respective quality of these teams because Washington state's clearly a better team. But I, I I just feel like when they're both involved in these games, they just love to just score and let the other team score and then score again and then score again and score again. Um, I kind of think this is another weird one for Washington state. I, I think, I think they're going to win. I think 15 points is a lot. I think Cal is an explosive enough offense and Washington state doesn't have a good enough defense, um, to shut Cal down the way, um, who did they just play?
1: Uh, Washington.
0: Yeah. Uh, the way Washington did. Jeez, my brain. Um, but, uh, so I think, I think Cal will be able to score a little bit, um, and keep this one within, you know, like 10 points and keep it a fun competitive game into the fourth quarter because this will very truly be Pac-12 After Dark. Um, and I respect that. I, I respect the uh, Pac-12 After Dark gods. So give me Washington State to win, but I will take Cal in the points.
1: Ooh, okay. I think we're going to differ on this one too. Um, Cal's actually won. 10 of the last 11 against Washington state. So to me, that's not sitting real well with, uh, Mike Leach, man. He's going to go, uh, medieval, I think on Sonny Dykes and, uh, just, just pile up a lot of points. I think we've seen the Washington schools just kind of pound into submission as a tag team. Certain teams. I just get the feeling, Dave, back to back, it's going to be another tag team. This one's at home. It's in Pullman. If a lot it's a lot and Cal can score a bunch of points, but Washington state, some of these games, you could just name the score. And uh, I'm not saying this will be that way, but I I think they're going to cover. So give me all the right. Cougs, Dave. We'll, we'll differ on this one too. All right. Woohoo. Um and I'm trying to write these down here. We, uh, we had a request that we relist our picks at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to try to remember these. I'm, I'm putting in my spreadsheet, but I'm trying to write them all down too as we go. So, Cool. We'll let people know. Um, okay. So next up, and we, you can see there's a little shakeup. We might have to go over the rankings, but our number two team, uh, was Utah. They're now number five, which is kind of crazy. And our, our number three team is now Colorado Buffalo. And they are taking on the worst team according to the ever popular pac twelve podcast, uh, podcast of champions power rankings. Arizona Wildcats, <laughs> number twelve.
0: Yeah, so Colorado uh, is is pretty good despite their uh, weird weird game against UCLA last week. This game's on at seven p.m. on Fox Sports One. Colorado going at Arizona. Colorado's seven and two and five and one. Arizona is two and seven and zero and six in conference. Colorado's favored by sixteen points which just baldly flatly that's not enough um, this is a team that just lost by 62 to Washington State and by our rankings at least Colorado is a better team than Washington State. Um, I like Colorado big here um, I think they cover this one with ease um, I think Cepha Loufo will break out of his mini slump um, and uh, I think uh, I think the buffs should roll Arizona's just this is not their year they're they're gonna they're going to try their hardest again next year, but this one was a very, very bad season, and I think they will just be looking to end it as soon as possible.
1: So this is 16 point spread, and you're taking Colorado.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In like a big way. Like I would take, I would take Colorado minus like 28. Yeah. Um,
1: Colorado's not, you know, it doesn't have the same kind of explosive offense as some of these other teams that we've seen pile up uh-huh. a, a bunch of points, but yeah, I, I can't see them winning by less than 21 uh in this one. Arizona's one and eight against spread this year, so they've definitely underperformed. Um I, I just don't see even though it's at home, um I mean losing by sixty two points on the road last weekend, it, it can't be good for your mental state. Um I yeah, it's a lot of points. It's it's hard to lay those kind of points, but every time we did it last week it seemed to work out pretty well. I'm 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 feeling it's okay to do it again, Dave with our number 12 team in the power rankings.
0: So just, yeah, exactly. And just to let you know, Washington State, uh, according to Bill, uh, Connolly's S&P Plus, they have the 25th best offense in the country. Colorado's just behind them at 32. So still pretty darn good offense.
1: Oh, so that's, okay. So that's the, that's the, that's the advanced metrics, advanced stats yeah, stuff. Yeah, advanced stats. Uh, all right. So we'll both take, uh, Colorado in this one, which, I don't know. I'm, I'm not thinking if of all the games to watch, like this might be, this is one you might not want to
0: watch. It could get ugly. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Cause again, uh, buff stampede.
1: But yeah, we love, we do love, we love, we love the buff stampede. Colorado Buffalo.
0: I could listen to that all day. All, day.
1: <laughs> all right. So our last one and, uh, if you know, our rankings got mixed up a little bit here. You can, uh, email know, all your complaints <laughs> to, uh, podcast, <laughs> sorry, pack12podcast at gmail.com. If you don't like it, but we, we have a number one versus number two matchup, Dave. We have number one,
0: Washington Huskies.
1: <laughs> and now all the way from number 12, uh, several weeks ago up to number two,
0: USC Trojans. All right, so the game of the week, and this is, if you look at the rest of the slate of college football, this is truly the game of the week. 4.30 um, p.m. on Fox in Seattle in a rain game, most likely. Uh, number 20 in the rankings that don't matter, but number two in our hearts, USC. Uh, six and three, five and two in the conference, taking on number four in this and number one in our hearts. Uh, nine and 0 uh, Washington, uh, six and oh in the conference. Washington's favored by eight and a half. Which is an interesting line. Um, it, Washington's really good. Um, but USC's looked like a a comparable team over the last month. Admittedly, USC hasn't played a great schedule, but Washington really hasn't either um, over the last month. I mean, they played Utah, and it was a very, very close game. Um And I think if USC played Utah right now, it would probably be a very similar game. I think these teams are a little bit more evenly matched than an eight and a half point spread feels to me. Um, I think USC has a probable talent advantage. Um, you know, I don't think it's that extreme because the Washington's developed their talent very well, but I, I think USC has the players to definitely run with Washington. Um, Chris Peterson wins the coaching matchup here. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but Sam Darnold is playing really, really well. This should be probably one of the premier quarterback duels in the pac 12 this year, uh, with Jake Browning on one side and Sam Darnold on the other. Um, and it's crazy to say that about a guy who's starting his what, like fifth game, but, uh, Darnold's played really, really well. Um, I like USC here. Um, I I'll take them in the points. Um, I think this is going to be a very, very fun game and what should make up for a very lackluster, uh, slate on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you, Dave. Um, I've not been buying in. We obviously both started to buy in on what USC is doing, which probably is gonna be their downfall, but, um, (laughs) we moved them up to number two because we felt like they're, if they played Utah today, USC would be favored in that game. Like there's no other team in the Pac-12 that USC wouldn't be favored over outside of Washington. So that's why we kind of moved them up to number two. Uh, they won five. I feel like
0: this should have been like Washington minus five yeah something like that like where if if you know if they win by a touchdown they cover um I think eight, eight and a half just feels like a lot. um I think they still probably win because it's at home and they play really really well at home, but if you gave me this on a neutral field, I think it's a pick' em right now and it's moved
1: up i mean it was seven or seven and a half to start, yeah. so it's uh and usually when it's going that direction, you should be on the side it's moving towards, but it still yeah. just seems like a lot to me too, so. Um, it, it. I think if Washington covers it, it's going to be mistakes on the USC side. I just think Washington, like Dave said, better coached team. Uh, you're not going to see as many mistakes. You're not going to see as many penalties. Um, you know how how effective is this USC defense? that's really been disruptive. uh Is going to be against Jake Browning. Um, they you know they can run, they can throw. It's a very balanced Washington offense. Uh, so I I think that you know USC can be susceptible to some. Uh, misdirection type of plays, you can get some big plays that way. But I think just straight up, Washington can, can do some things to you that, you know, maybe that some of the offenses USC's played recently won't be able to do. And they're able to generate on defense. Washington can generate pressure with the front four, even with Joe Mathis out. Uh, which is, you know, it's a big loss because he's a, you know, sack machine. But, um, I think they'll be able to make Sam Darwin move around, but he's showed the ability to even when he's, you know, running for his life. He doesn't get sacked and he finds people downfield and makes big plays. So. Um, I just get the feeling, Dave, it's going to be a pretty close one, and eight and a half a half's a lot of points. It, I could see Washington covering, but if they
0: do, it's going to be USC probably makes a bunch of mistakes in this game. Yeah, for sure. It makes a lot of sense to me. So I think that game will be the game of Saturday. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I mean it might be the, you know, we said this a couple of times about Washington, but I think this will truly be the uh, Pac-12 game of the year.
1: I think it will. So, um, And so Frank wrote in, Dave, and he wanted us to, uh, reiterate our picks at the end. So I'll I'll go through them real quick. We have uh, UCLA, Oregon State. Uh, the Bruins are favored by 12. I took UCLA. Dave took Oregon State. Uh, Stanford at Oregon. Um, Stanford favored by three. Is that, is that right? I think that was three. Um, yeah. We both picked uh, Stanford on the road. Utah is on the road at Arizona State. Arizona State's getting five points. We both took Arizona State. Washington State, uh, minus 15, uh, hosting Cal. I took Washington State and Dave took Cal. Colorado, uh, favored by 16 over Arizona on the road. We both took Colorado. And then Washington hosting USC, getting, uh, giving eight and a half points away. We both took USC and the points. So Frank, that's, uh, thanks for, that's a good idea. We can kind of recap them all at the end. Just give me one more thing to do as we're, uh, <laughs> Going through things,
0: yeah, very good.
1: Uh, we have a few questions. You want me to read them out, Dave? Or? Oh, let's do a couple. How did I get to be the guy that does this all the time? Remember, I used to read the questions. I used to like I, that. I remember that. What Which happened were,
0: there? Those were glory days, weren't they? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Here, I'll I'll get in there. You you ask the first one, and I'll uh, I'll sign in. Okay. Are we on? Uh, are we on our email?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is on the email. Um, yeah. So I'll start off with uh, go to You can read Big Nick's thing, but I'll go down to. Uh, uh, Earl in West L.A. He said, David, the only positive thing I can say about the Bruins' performance against Colorado is they covered the spread, which we both like that. Uh, mm-hmm. It was only a few years ago that Jim Moore proclaimed they own L.A. During the Brett Hundley years, they could beat anyone uh, except Stanford. Now they can't seem to stay out of their own way. How could a program that seemed to be on the rise reverse course so dramatically? Josh Rosen is only one player, and what we are seeing appears to be uh, – team effort what has happened to the Bruins
0: well simply put they tried to change their offense to something they didn't have the personnel to run um, they tried to go to a pro style scheme and they don't have pro style players and it's been an unmitigated disaster um, now why has it not ascended to like an 11 and 1 program that's a more complex answer but why has it reverted to a 3 and 6 one currently that's probably going to finish the year 4 and 8 uh, they they completely screwed the pooch on the offense I mean it's it's pretty simple um, I think they would have probably maintained a nice little eight and four, nine and three pace here if they just stuck with Nolmi'soni's scheme. Even if the, you, you want to jettison Nolmi'soni, keep a spread because that's the personnel you have, and maybe start working in some pro style elements that you want to build on going forward. But hiring a first time coordinator on on well, not a first time coordinator, but a first time play caller as your offensive coordinator, and then um, having him change the offense to something completely different from what you first were running, and second. Uh, completely different from the personnel that you were, you know, building towards. Uh, you know, we all should have said it at the time. Um, and we did, you know, raise some concerns, but obviously that was a bad move and it probably should have been obvious at the time. So that's the main reason why it has become so bad so suddenly. Um, it's not, you know, there's, there's narratives around the UCLA program that you can buy into or not buy into, but simply put, that's the reason this season went so south.
1: All right. Uh, thanks for that one, Earl. You want to read uh, Nick's Pac-12? Uh, he calls it the rubdown. I don't know if that was a... Yeah,
0: yeah the Pac-12 rubdown. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Hi, this is Nick from Cyprus, a.k.a. Big Nick 21 USC from the P. Quick rundown. Uh, UCLA 10 versus Colorado 20. Are our, our great Pac-12 refs done throwing in unsportsmanlike conduct penalties? game was really decided by a Colorado special teams TD. UCLA should have won seeing they took four turnovers on Colorado. Okay, I think that's fair. Uh, Oregon State, 15, versus Stanford, 26. I'm not going to lie, didn't watch this game well because, quite <laughs> frankly, neither of these teams are good. One has been garbage for the past two years. The other is so-so at best, and Chris McCaffrey isn't going to New York. Okay win for Stanford. Arizona 7 versus Wazoo 69. What can you say? Wazoo put a beat down on the Wildcats. Again, I expect Ryan and Dave to downplay how good Wazoo is. I kind of did again. And love UW (laughs) instead, which is sad. I personally think this is a shame, and I believe Gabe Marks is six receptions away from breaking Nelson Spruce's all-time Pac-10-12 reception list. Mike Leach is an awesome coach who wins a lot of conference games in the Palouse, which isn't easy. Oregon 20 versus USC 45. Man, it feels good to be a Trojan today, beating the living crap out of Oregon. Boy, Oregon has fallen off, LOL. Fight on Rojo 2, running the ball for 14 weeks. UW 66 versus Cal 27. Well, let the ro- love affair between Happen Ryan and Dave with u praising them and then bashing Wazoo. One cool thing for Cal <laughs> was Marshawn Lynch before the game riding the golf court on the field with the Bay Area rapper E40. That was pretty cool. Questions? Which game this week was re- refereed the worst in the Pac-12? Uh I mean there's no question that was UCLA Colorado. Yeah. Not necessarily because any one flag was bad, but when you throw 25 flags in a game, you're doing something wrong.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean there was a bunch of bad ones, but that's that was just that not the problem was it was on a national stage. Like that's not what you want to put in your picture window, you know. That I think I tweeted this. If you ever if you ever watch a Christmas story um, One <laughs> yeah, of my favorite it's movies. So it's, uh, it's like putting that that lamp up in the big, you know, bay window for all the neighborhood to see. Like, that's what the Pac-12 was broadcasting. Like, look at our conference and all its horrible <laughs> glory. And uh, so, yeah, I thought that's why I thought it was the worst.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next, when will you guys give equal love to the Washington schools? As you can tell, I'm a Mike Leach guy, and not a C. Peterson guy. Great. I've got a good answer for you. Um, when Mike Leach stops losing to FCS teams to start the year.
1: Yeah, that's hard to get over. But we did move up Washington State. What do we have them? Uh, like four. We had a four. So they were going to be – there were five before, mostly because of the early losses, but we moved them up. And they could – you know, they're a defeated in conference. They could go up more. Um, But you know one thing I didn't think about, Dave? They got the matchup with Cal. We picked it differently. Yeah. We just had – I don't know if you guys know. There was an election this week. We're obviously not going to get political on the show, but if there's one school in the Pac 12 that would be really pissed off, uh, that Donald Trump won, it would be Cal, right? I mean, that's about.
0: I've actually got a unifying statement for everyone out there. If you are over the age of 35 and you didn't run for president, you did your nation a disservice.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> like, but like Cal, like, are they going to, I thought they might shut down the football program, you know, or they could be all fired up. And just get out there and play like gangbusters. So how will the election impact that Washington State Cal game, Dave? I didn't even think about that.
0: I know. It's going to be wild. It's going to be <laughs> lots of fun. Um, all right. Last question. Is the Pac-12 game of the year this week? And no, it's not Oregon versus Stanford. Which the last few years it has been. But USC beating UW. And yes, I'm calling it as I did a few weeks ago. I do. I just said it. I think that is the Pac-12 game of the year. What do you think? I
1: kind of still think Utah, the, the Washington-Utah one, just because USC's lost three games already. I mean, it's, it's a nice comeback story and winning five in a row, but, and game day's there. So, and it's, you know, it's a kind of an off week in college football, but I think the Utah one was, was probably more important overall. Ah, eh, we'll see. I mean, cause USC doesn't control its own destiny either. So it's not like, you know, I think the Apple Cup might be that, you know, that could be the game of the, the year, but so far I would go with the Utah one.
0: All right. Let's sure. And then he says, love what you guys do and fight on Ryan. And well, Dave, you are the Lonely Bruin. Have fun the rest of the year covering them. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> um, all right. We got a couple from Frank. You want to go into these?
1: Yeah. I think there's a John, you want me to read John Moore
0: real quick or? Uh, yeah. Bring me, bring me John Moore.
1: Okay. He said, gentlemen, I have a few questions I'd like you to address on the podcast. Should you find them interesting? We find everything interesting, John. Uh, <laughs> should Utah and Colorado both win out? What will be their selection committee rankings? Uh, for that game. And so right now, what do they have? We have Colorado's at 12 and Utah is at 15. So if they won out, where do you think they'd be, Dave?
0: So Colorado beat Arizona and then beat Washington State at home. Um, I don't know how many good games there are left for the people above them, but I'll say Colorado will be comfortably in the top 10. Yeah. I don't think they will be. Much higher than nine or ten, but they'll be in the top ten. Utah, if they won out, I don't think is there even anybody left in their next two games. Let's see. Uh, Utah has ASU and Oregon. I don't think either of those wins would impress the committee. So I think, but there are probably more teams that can lose in front of them. So I think it'll be a, probably a matchup between like number nine or ten, Colorado, and number like twelve or thirteen, Utah.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. So, you know, like Texas A&M, they're like the teams that have two losses right now. Wisconsin, A&M, Auburn, Penn State, Oklahoma. So you gotta have those teams lose or, you know, after Colorado, you have Oklahoma State, uh, Virginia Tech. Um, so those are teams that would have to lose in between the two. But yeah, I kind of, the pac 12 doesn't get a ton of love. I don't think they're gonna, you know, be jumping ahead of, uh, any other two lost teams. So it'll, it'll really depend on who loses above them as opposed to, oh, Colorado beat or or whatever, you know, or, uh, Utah beat Oregon. We, we should move them up three spots. I don't think that'll happen. Right. Uh, and then the other part was, let me pull it up. Where did I? Did
0: I, just I think he says, same question for Washington and Washington State. Oh, yeah. Um, so Wazoo, I've got it pulled up right here. They have Cal. and So right now they're 23 in the CFP rankings. They have Cal this week, and they have at Colorado. Um, so if Washington State wins out, I actually think they could jump pretty, ho- pretty high up there. Not top 10 by any means, but I think they could be, like, number 14 or 15 if they beat Colorado on the road. Just because at that point, that'll be kind of a statement win because Colorado, again, will be number 12 or better. Um, So I think for Washington's purposes, they'll be in the top 15-ish. And Washington, they beat USC and beat ASU. They could still be number four. It depends on if anyone loses ahead of them, you know. And I, I don't think there's much likelihood of any of those teams losing in the next two weeks.
1: No, I mean like I the know,
0: probably four.
1: Yeah, like if Michigan loses to Ohio State, would Washington go to three and Ohio State to four, or would they just Isn't jump?
0: that is, is that the final game of the year or do they have isn't that on the isn't that the weekend? Oh week I think the that's the weekend.
1: same weekend, yeah. So that wouldn't happen before that. Yeah, that's weekend.
0: what like and Alabama Auburn's that weekend too, I think. So they're, the two best chances for both of those teams losing come in that final week. And then, um, Clemson has no remaining, uh, th- I don't think they play again until the playoff, yeah. right? <laughs>
1: they have three buys. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I, I, they, they don't have anything left on their schedule. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Washington's probably stuck at four, um, through the Apple Cup and then we'll see where they land after, uh, after that final weekend.
1: It would be good for Washington if you're, you know, you want to see the Pac-12 do well. I mean, it's pretty much Alabama and everybody else. Like, I'd much rather, if you're a Washington fan, I think you'd much rather match, match up with like Clemson in the first round as opposed to Alabama, but you know, who knows?
0: Washington, Alabama would be a lot of fun. Um, I don't, there aren't many coaches that I would give a, a slight advantage to the other guy, but I, I think Peterson, Peterson would scheme the hell out of that game. Like, he would have, he would have some definite things to do against Alabama that maybe other teams wouldn't necessarily think of. Yeah.
1: All right, and we had, you said Frank had a couple questions? or
0: um, Yeah, was that it? Uh, okay, and yeah, so Frank had a couple of them here. I um, well, he had one. All right, so same different. Hello, Dave and Ryan. I've noticed some similarities between USC and UCLA and the different reactions by both teams to those similar events. Both teams have changed some coordinators and schemes, and both are playing a quarterback that didn't start the year. Uh yeah. USC's results have trended upward throughout the year while USC's have UCLA's have taken a nosedive. Why? Is the first year head coach that much better than the veteran? With all of that NFL coaching experience, which Mora reminds us from time to time that he has, is it that he just doesn't grasp the college game, isn't a good teacher, or hires the right staff? Thanks for your insights, don't hold back. Alright, so that's his first question. Um I mean I already talked about UCLA. I I mean I think it was mainly doing the offensive change. I don't think the Rosen injury actually I mean they probably win a couple more games, um, but the season was trending in a bad way already, um, before he got hurt. So I think it would have maybe put, a... what's the, uh, what's the phrase? Lipstick on a pig if, uh, Rosen <laughs> had played the rest of the year. Cause they would have finished like seven and five and it would have made it look a lot better than it was. But I think the offense was the, uh, the biggest issue for UCLA. And yeah, is it more his fault that he went to that? For sure. Um, making that judgment call probably spoke to some NFL style thinking rather than understanding exactly what he needs to do in the college game. Um, but I don't know that this season in particular speaks to anything more than that. I think this is a fundamental offensive issue and it speaks to some, maybe some poor decision-making in the off season uh, to go to this offense. Um, but if you look at this year, it, the defense is pretty good. Um, it's, it's the offense.
1: And I think on the USC side, it's certainly different because, um, I mean, you could argue that Clay Helton and T. Martin made a mistake at the beginning of the season because they picked an offense or they went with an offense and their quarterback it wasn't equipped to run it. I mean, they. I mean, I think Max Brown can be successful, but not really in the offense that they were trying to run. So it was kind of a square peg, round hole sort of thing. And then they caught lightning in a bottle by switching to Darnold, and not only can he run that offense well, but when they screw something up and they don't have a, a play that's that working well, the offensive line breaks down. He's just good enough on his own to go out and make something happen. So to me, that, that part isn't coaching. That's just Sam Darnold being himself. So, uh, it's, I mean, I, I think USC was switching to a better quarterback or one that would fit their system better. UCLA's quarterback got hurt. I mean, it's a completely different sort of thing, but, um, yeah, it's, you know, see what USC was doing the first part of the year. They were pretty terrible and they've just been able to kind of turn things around. Uh, I, it's, it's, I don't think it's a, it's a weird comparison, I would say, between the two schools for that.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's much comparison this year for obvious reasons. Um And then his question, too, with the legalization of recreational marijuana in California, do you anticipate more suspensions due to violation of team rules in the future? Wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think that probably is something that teams will have to consider and maybe relaxing their draconian penalties for something that is legal in a lot of states now.
1: Yeah, I, you know, when propositions pass in California, sometimes it takes a while. People don't, you know, you can't go out and buy pot today, you know, there's all this weird stuff that kind of happens and I'm sure this will be coming up. I mean, cuz you there's already two states in the Pac-12 that had it legalized, Colorado and Washington so you kind of get some jokes. Now California, so four more schools they'll they'll have it legal around there. So I you know, I think down the road as more states pass it, um maybe they have to change the rules, like you said. I'm not sure, but it certainly could have some sort of impact um at some point. I I don't know if you'll see like more suspensions uh if you're a player that was smoking pot now, you it's not like it's going to change it. And if you weren't smoking pot, I don't know if you're going to like, oh, I'm going to start smoking pot now because it's legal. Like if you wanted to, I'm sure you would have already. So I this is my opinion, but
0: yeah, no, that's probably a good point too. All right. That's it. That's all S- we got.
1: Sweet. Well, thanks for the questions. And, uh, thanks for enjoying our little show here. We, uh, we try to bring you, bring you all the hard hitting takes about the PAC 12. We watch a lot of it and we, uh, Bring the share. hottest of hot takes. Yeah, share all. our opinions. Um yeah. Moving around the power rankings, which got a little mixed up this week. And uh so hopefully you download this right away and you, you hear it before. Because physically you'll be able to download it right as it goes live and then get our takes on the Utah-Arizona State game. But you have to do it real quick. So hopefully you guys have done that.
0: Yeah, hopefully you do. Um I mean, if we get it up real quick, we'll get it on their drive home. That That's something that
1: yeah. counts. Yeah. I'll do it now. I'm going to put it up right as soon as I'm done, get it up, put it out there for the peeps. Uh, so hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, we'll end it. That is David Woods, the great David Woods. This is Ryan Abraham. We are the two hosts, the, the goofy hosts of the Podcast of Champions. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you next time.